0: So we know that churches around the world are gathering today to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Um, Most, if you were just to kind of uh, ask people about Easter, they'd have many different things on their mind. But oftentimes they would be, you know, at least in in many places around our country, people would gather at churches to celebrate uh, what has been accomplished by Christ. And so just want to remind you. Uh, we would, we, uh, Over and over throughout history, um, we, we, we try to remind people, actually every Sunday, but, but uh, especially during this weekend, that on Friday, Jesus was crucified, he died, and was buried. Then on Sunday, he was resurrected. He rose victorious over sin, death, and hell. He satisfied the wrath of God on our behalf. Today, we celebrate in a very special way. That Christ was victorious over all of our enemies. So today I'm going to talk about one of the benefits. And there are many, like I said, you could, we could kind of talk about a lot of different things today. I'm going to talk about one of the benefits that we have been given. And one of the benefits that we have as a result of the resurrection is that we are glorified. We have the promise of being glorified. We have the hope of being glorified. And in Romans 8, when Paul has been talking about the application of redemption in our life, this is what he says. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And so when you are thinking about that reality, you are seeing that the final step is glorification. Now, if you were to say, I need you to define that. And that, that's something, sometimes uh, if you've invested much time in a new believer or you've invested time in your children, you realize they ask you questions. And if you're honest, sometimes when you look at that, you say, man, I don't really know how to answer that question. I'm not sure exactly what I should say in that particular issue when it comes up. I, I know at my house, sometimes the things that I I think I understand the, the, the meaning of a word. When my kids ask me, I'm like, I'm stammering around. I'm like, Anna, Anna, help me define this word. I don't even know how to, I just know the word, you know? And then you're like, just don't ask me any questions. No, not really. But, but it's, it's kind of like that sometimes when we think of glorification or trying to define that. I thought I would read a, a definition from you uh, from Wayne Grudem. Glorification is the final step in the application of redemption. Or some of you may have just heard people use the term salvation. So it is the final step. It will happen when Christ returns and raises from the dead the bodies of all believers for all time who have died and reunites them with their souls and changes the bodies of all believers who remain alive, thereby giving all believers at the same time perfect resurrection bodies like His own. And so what you see in that, whether you are dead when Christ returns or alive when Christ returns, He is going to give in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, His people new bodies for those who are dead, their souls and bodies brought together. For those alive, in a moment, they will be renewed. So, we know that our whole person is saved by God, soul and body, but when we come into a saving relationship with Christ, the fullness of that experience has yet to come. Like, we, we, we could say, I'm saved, I'm being saved, that is, I'm in the process of being transformed, and I will be saved. And it's kind of like, you have to get that in your mind when you consider all of those things there's a sense in which when we're thinking about it and I think it's important for you to know that the spirit is the seal some sometimes you, you might hear it referred to as the first fruits but it's like it's the seal of what is to come the spirit comes in us we're awaiting the fullness of the reality that we experience in part today some people would talk about that in terms of the already, not yet of the kingdom. We're already in the kingdom, but we are yet to be fully experiencing that. Philippians 3, 20 and 21 says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to himself. So we are in the kingdom awaiting to be fully or to fully be in that, to fully experience all that he has told us would be true for us. So 1 Corinthians fifteen says, For he, speaking of Jesus, must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. So it's we know that Jesus was victorious over death, but the fullness of that victory is yet to come. First Corinthians 15, 54, and 55. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? So we are awaiting the fullness of what has been given. And we have been given a a seal until that time. The Holy Spirit. Now, what reminds you and I of our need for glorification? You, you, You could think about that for a long time. And I think really considering that is important. What are the things that really stand out to you? And I would say to you too, like when Jesus came On this earth, we see Him in a very powerful way addressing all of those things. There are three. Disorder, disease, and death. Those three things are things that remind us that we are not what we will be. We we are not living in or experiencing the fullness of what God has promised us. And so when Jesus came on the scenes and he is doing things like casting out demons and he is healing people from uh, different kinds of ailments and, and he is raising people like Lazarus from the dead, like he's raising him up. All of those are signs of, of the, the kingdom. It's, it's like a visual to say this is what the kingdom will be like. All those things eradicated. So, the question for you as you consider that is, do you or someone you know struggle with some type of disorder? And they may be Christians, but you say, do they struggle with some type of disorder? You know, we live in a world where diagnoses are rampant of all these different types of disorder. And when we're thinking about that, and sometimes it's dangerous because you can be like, it's kind of a crutch. You can say, well, I have such and such, you know. And the reality is, is like defining those can be helpful. S- with sin comes abnormalities. There's no question of that. And so what we say is, yes, there are all types of disorders in this age, and they all come as a result of sin not necessarily even your sin it it just it's just an experience that you have because you live in a fallen world so sin has brought devastating consequences to the human race and disorder is found everywhere now another question have you been affected by disease you might say well I don't at this point, I don't really think I have any particular disease. But the reality is you've been affected by disease. It's not like you can like... We figure out ways to manage to manage those things or try to do better and better. At it. And that's not a bad thing to address disorder or disease. But the reality is, is that we are going to struggle with that in this world. Disease is rampant in this old world sometimes as a result of something you have done sometimes the fact that you are just in this fallen world disease is prevalent what about death have you ever lost someone close to you a loved one and it's brought great sorrow in your life you say not sorrow for the believing person. Not sorrow like those in the world who have no hope. But sorrow nonetheless. The, 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 in this fallen world. In this broken world. What we find out is. Is we are in need of being transformed. Disorder, disease, death. All around us. And we are need, in need of a transformation. So. Some of you, maybe today, are living in fear. Maybe you're afraid of that disorder or disease or even the thought of death. How does the resurrection speak to you? I think what we say is, if you are in Christ, then you have nothing to fear. He has defeated all of our enemies his resurrection gives us assurance of a future resurrection for all who are united to him so we're going to look at a couple of things as a result and I think it's just important for us to see uh, these things and hopefully it'll help you as you think about your life as believers we should consistently remind one another of our coming glorification for three reasons here's the first one so present suffering will not overwhelm us that would be the first thing I would say. It is good for you because when you think about the resurrection, you know that present suffering cannot overtake you. It may be horrible, it may be difficult, but not overwhelm you. The second one is this, so that we will not waste an inordinate amount of time or resources on our earthly bodies. I mean, we can do that. The culture is loaded with all of these People uh, trying to somehow escape the difficulties of living with an earthly body that cannot be preserved. It can only be masked, kind of. Third, so that we will anticipate the future. I think we, we need to consistently remind one another of our glo- the glory that is to be worked in us. So that we will anticipate our future. So let's look at the present suffering so that it doesn't overwhelm us. Romans 8.18 For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. You know, it's interesting, the guy writing this, that verse, his life was filled with all types of suffering and he says it is light and momentary but you're like Paul in second Corinthians he lays out being beaten being left for dead being all of these things he presents to us and it's just it's shocking the things that he encountered his life in Christ was anything but easy by all human standards and yet the Lord was with him the Lord was guiding him it did not overwhelm him he did not run away from trouble, but you see him moving forward in the face of trouble. Jesus said to his disciples that this would be the case, that he would and we would face trouble for following Christ. I know some of you probably watched the movie, The Lord of the Rings. Some of you probably read the book. And I was thinking this week at community group about that. There's a place where Frodo and Sam had been on a long journey to dispose of the ring. At the end, Frodo, who's the one that has been carrying the ring to go and destroy it and break the power of evil that had kind of taken over uh, the whole of, of, of the world. And, and so Sam begins to talk to him and he says to him, Do you remember the shire, Mr. Frodo? It will be spring soon. The orchards will be in blossom and the birds will be nesting in the hazel thicket. And they will be sowing the summer barley in the lower fields and eating the first of the strawberries with cream. Do you remember the taste of strawberries? And he couldn't see it. The darkness was so heavy upon him, he could not see it. And I, I think that's sometimes like there are moments in your life where the darkness is so pressing down on you that you can't see it. There, It's like... You know, someone is speaking in your ear, hopefully, along the way, like, can you remember? Can you see? Remember, this is what it's like, and and this is the, the truth. And so, what we have to do to one another, I think, so often is say, remember the resurrection. Remember the resurrection. Remember Jesus, crucified, dead, buried, but on the third day, He rose again. Do you remember that? Can you see that? Remember what that tells us? That we too will follow Him in His resurrection. As He was raised, so will you be raised. We are whispering into one another's ears, like can you see not just the garden, but can you see the new heavens and the new earth? Can you see King Jesus being the light of that place? Can can you capture that with your imagination just for a moment? Can you see the picture? Can you see the picture that the Apostle John wrote? How does that move you in the moment to see beyond the present sorrow and suffering that you face? think it also, in light of the resurrection... 2 Corinthians 12, Paul even deals with the issue of like how he, he wanted this thing to go away in this present age and he couldn't get it to leave. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. He is working in you. He is guiding you forward and you have hope that one day the things that bring great sorrow will pass away. Jesus promised trouble But he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. Let me get a vision of a resurrected Jesus so that whatever I may face, I know that I will overcome. Because he overcame on my behalf so that I could be reconciled to God. Jesus promised us in the midst of this present age that he would be with us always even to the end of the age. John 14 when he was speaking to his disciples and telling him telling them like listen because I've had trouble you will have trouble he said Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in Me. In My Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have not told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to Myself that where I am there you may be also. He's saying hope in the resurrection. Live in light of the resurrection. Put your trust in that fact. One day glory Glory is going to be experienced. The fullness of the promises of God to us will come to fruition. So, we remind each other of the glory to come so present suffering will not overwhelm us. But secondly, so we will not spend too much time or resources on what is passing away. Do you think our culture is really serious about health? I mean, do, y'all ever, do you ever stop and think about like, it's this perpetual state of trying to drink from the fountain of youth. We, we live in a world like filled with try, trying to not only deal with health concerns, but appearance and just basic well-being. We even find ourselves sometimes with our children being, and I can do this, being overprotective because you're so worried about their physical health. 1 John 2, 17 says that the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. It's a dangerous road to live trying to save and rescue something that is withering away. In 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, Paul said to Timothy... Train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, it's not knocking that all together. Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. We have to really be careful not to be so bound up in this present life and not the life to come. It's so easy to focus in on that second corinthians 4 16 paul says though our outer self is wasting away our inner self is being renewed day by day when i was in high school when i turned 16 my parents gave me a 1984 k5 blazer it was awesome you know i mean i loved it several of my friends had those we would drive around We would circle up sometimes in park. We went mudding together on occasion and stuck on those K-5 Blazers. One of them had, I think, a Dodge. Another guy had a Ford. But most of us stuck with a Chevy. But I kept that for years and years and years. I actually drove it until, like, I was doing youth ministry, and the kids that were graduating, I realized that the K-5 Blazer was the same age as the kids, you know? But every time I decided, oh, I think I'm going to kind of like get rid of this, I would go and wash it and wax it and clean it up. And then I would sit in it for a while and think, now, isn't this a fine vehicle, you know? And I started thinking in my mind, who would ever get rid of such a wonderful vehicle, kind of? But it, it was. it's just important to note that no matter how much I did to that 1984 blazer it was still a 1984 blazer you know didn't matter if I threw a paint job on it changed out the carpet like it's still what it is even if I were able to restore it I mean even if totally restore it at some level and you know in this present world it would not be long before things begin to wear out God is not just going to restore us to our natural state, but transform us. Right? But transform us and make us new in a better way than we could ever imagine. All corruption will be gone and we will be transformed into Christ-likeness. We will be eternally right. And so I think it's important that we understand the great value of not investing so much. Again, it's not that you don't invest some, but not investing so much in our physical body that's wasting away, but rather to train ourselves for godliness. I think this is why Paul told Timothy, even as a youth, he said, to the believers, be an example in speech and conduct and love and in faith and in impurity. What's he saying? With God's power, develop the inner man. Develop the inner man. Know that that is where your focus is because you are looking forward to a day where this body will pass away and you will be renewed. You will be made new. Your body will be resurrected. Don't spend your life just thinking about the outer man. Because it will not last forever. So, believers should consistently remind one another of the coming glorification that we look forward to so that present suffering doesn't overwhelm us. So that we don't spend so much time and resources on what is passing away. And so that we will anticipate the future. There's something about looking forward to the future. There's something about imagining being like him there's something about that that is so powerful in first John 3 2 this is what John said to them beloved we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet appeared but we know that when he appears we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is we will be made whole we will be made complete. We will experience total renewal. Both body and soul. I remember. Uh, I think I mentioned this actually to y'all recently. But listen to John MacArthur one time. Uh, he was in ICU. And they, they I don't remember what was wrong with him. But he thought. He thought that he was not going to make it. And the longer he contemplated. His death. The more he reflected on the fact that he would no longer struggle with sin. And he thought, I long for that. I so long to be n- not struggling any longer with sin. I, I so long to be with the Lord and be whole. It's, uh, I've been talking to s- uh, several people lately about the reality that like, even our best days... Even our, our best actions, uh, Anna always says, they're tainted. And that is a reality. I'll find myself wanting to do something right, and I'll, I'll do that thing. But then oftentimes, right behind it, I realize that like there was a tinge of, of sin in that. Because maybe I started feeling better about myself. I, don't you long to be put, that to be put away from you? To do things right, both in your heart, your, your words, your actions, you're, you're not, there's not a twisted motive in you. you ever been around somebody where every time they speak you think, what are they really trying to say? What, what are they really trying to say? Are they speaking to me? Are they, are they honest with me? I mean, they've been doing it so long, they can't even be honest with themselves. That they're doing it. You know, but, but don't you long to be like him, to be whole like him, to be complete like him, to love like him, to serve like him, to treasure the right things all the time, to be restored in every way, for for the memories in your mind. To be purged. The evil things that maybe you put in that are still there and occasionally they crop up. Those to be done away with. Don't you long for that? We need to talk about the resurrection so you say, listen, long for that day. Be like the Corinthian church where it says, Maranatha. You're always saying, Maranatha, our Lord comes. Longing for the day for Him to return and to restore what is totally messed up and broken. This also reminds me not only of what will happen to our physical bodies, but also what will happen with regard to the place that our physical bodies will be prepared to go to. Revelation 21 verses 1 through 8. Also, he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end to the thirsty. I will give from them the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. We will live in his perfected kingdom, kingdom and we will be fit for it we should rejoice in that we should long for that we should look forward to a day where disorder disease and death gone erased done away with forever all fear all anxiety all broken heartedness All those things. We will see him. We will be like him. So if you are here today. And you have not trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. What a pitiful place to be. What a heartbreaking place to be. A place where you will only look forward to a resurrection of judgment. Rather than a resurrection of blessing. But if you are in Christ. There is hope forevermore and I hope that you will embrace him today let's pray father we thank you for your word we thank you for the glorious resurrection we thank you for the benefits of of the experiencing the resurrection we pray that we would be reminded that one day our earthly bodies that are wasting away Will be replaced by a resurrected body that will never know corruption again. We thank you for that. In Christ's name, amen. Every week we uh, come together uh, as a church to remind ourselves of what Christ has done for us uh, on Easter uh, as we consider that, and, and even we do that every week, but we're just reminded again that Christ came, that He lived, that He died, that He rose again victorious over the grave, that those who, by God's grace, repent, those who believe, those who accept, those who turn to Him and that follow Him, that those who have said, heeded the called, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Those who have, believed on the lord jesus christ and have followed him in baptism we ask you to come join with us today the men will come down um and following uh, that the music team will start and you come and join with us if you have um, come to him so we 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 welcome you and we long for you to experience the great blessing that we have in christ